Robin Hattersley, Editor-in-Chief of Campus Safety Magazine. Welcome to the show and Happy New Year. As we start 2022, K-12 schools and districts, as well as institutions of higher education, must continue to reevaluate their safety and security programs. And a big part of that review process involves technology upgrades and installations. But how should educational facilities go about doing this? If campuses are relying on strategies they developed before the pandemic, they might implement solutions and programs that are outdated and perhaps have significant flaws that put their students, faculty, staff, and surrounding communities at risk. So to help schools and colleges navigate this new security, public safety, and emergency management landscape, I spoke with two technology experts from HID Global. HID Global's K-12 National End User Manager, Michael Garcia, and its higher education end user business manager, Timothy Nyblom. In this interview, Mike and Tim discuss the lessons colleges and schools have learned over the past two years regarding security and safety. They also cover how Apple Wallet and mobile access credentials are being implemented at institutions of higher education and how this tech technology will eventually make its way onto K-12 campuses. They close out the interview with some of their predictions on what security and safety technology upgrades will look like on campuses over the next few years. So with that, here's my interview with Mike and Tim. Enjoy the show. Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos. Or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. So Mike, what did we learn over the past few years about on-campus and off-campus school security? Ah, great question, Robin. Um, I think it's uh, multifaceted. And I'm going to start with uh, the most important one, which I believe that we've learned school districts are still taking a wait and see approach to security and safety. They're still waiting for something bad to happen to implement improvements. And being reactive like that is, is it has to change. So we've seen that and we, we, we know what the solution is. We just need to figure it out uh, with, with security consultants, with security industry experts, uh, and, and the schools actually take a more security-minded approach. Now, that leads to number two, which is a focus on health. So definitely, we all know about the pandemic and what changes that is and, and, and how the kids now drive up to school and are greeted with temperature monitors and, 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 and testing you know, for COVID and when they cough. So we all know that this is happening and it is starting to be the new normal as everybody was calling it before. But this focus on health really superseded security in the last year and a half. So security took a back seat, here's healthcare. Now we need to converge the two. We need to mend the two and we're seeing that, right? So, so I think some of the things we've learned are, hey, our school nurses are super duper important. They are a critical part of our infrastructure now and moving forward. You know, so that's number two. Um, you've, you've, you've got things happening like the teachers getting educated to make sure that they're part of this new infrastructure for safe, safe and healthy schools. Here's an example, uh, leaving the door propped open because you think that ventilation is good, it better 
it, it, you know, in the school campus. It, it's not, that's not the way to approach it. So training continuous uh, tabletop exercises and things like that between healthcare, safety and security together are, are some of the lessons we've learned that are necessary. Uh, social emotional learning, definitely at the top of the list. And five years ago, security people wouldn't even hear of it. They, 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 it was not part of the protocol for anything other than special education and, and mental health. And now it's front and center. Uh, they are at the table when making security decisions, risk assessments, all of that, and rightly so. I mean, if you have ever seen an autistic child during a fire drill or during a fire alarm, then you'll know why, because that is a game changer. It's completely something that security very rarely ever identified with, and now they are. And, and, and we're sitting at the same table, talking the same language. Uh, I think in the last one that we've learned in my opinion, that's up there at the top is just because you have a lot of money now, uh, you got ESSER funding, you got bonds that are security specific, you've got you know, all kinds of federal and state grants coming in, it doesn't mean you're secure. Money isn't security, right? Money should be the driving force behind putting programs together that put the different layers of security and different levels of security, like peeling the onion back into your district, right? Because I can secure as much as I wanna secure inside the campus, outside the perimeter fence, but I still have football games. I still have soccer games. I still have special Olympics. How are you gonna secure those? And how does that come into your, infra, your security infrastructure and, and how are you able to secure that? So out of those four, I would say recapping them, you know, schools are still waiting for something bad to happen so that they can put security in, don't do it. Don't close the barn door after the horse is already out. To be preventive, prevention, proactive. Focus on healthcare. Make healthcare part of everything you do. Safe and healthy schools. Uh, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When a child comes to school and feels safe and feels healthy and feels secure, they learn more. They love more, they open more they open up more and they, they, it just makes it for a great environment. Um, and then social emotional learning and investing in security through doing a risk assessment and then putting your money where the highest risk is. Thanks, Mike. Now, Tim, I know you deal with a lot of um, institutions of higher education. What are you seeing as far as trends for that sector is concerned? Yeah, thanks, Robin. Um, yeah, so with higher ed, you know, the, a lot of what we've seen has been focused on the, the pandemic in the last couple of years. You know, it's been all over the news last year, even this year, they were trying to do in-person versus uh, virtual. Are we gonna have open campuses? Are we canceling schools? You know, are we canceling the semester? All those type of conversations went back and forth over the past two years. And some of them are, continued, are continuing to happen due to some of the, the recent spikes. So, a big focus has been on the health and safety protocols um, in universities. And I would say up and up until the pandemic as well, another big focus is you trying to figure out how to balance security and convenience on campus. Um, when we, when we look at universities, you know, there's probably a couple different levels. There's, you know, a top level that a uh, university that has lots of access control has been doing this for a long time. 
There might be a second level where there's a university that may have some security in place, some access control in place, but not every, everywhere on campus. Then other institutions, potentially like community colleges, other colleges that have traditionally have no, no access control. So, you know, over the last couple of years, focus is always on security and, and balancing convenience. So looking at uh, access control systems, finally, for campuses that may not have them. How do you uh, enhance the student's experience while you're, you know, adding, adding a security in there? No longer can you just walk up to a door and, and open it and you have gained access. Now there's going to, you know, there's going to be uh, access control in place to, to protect the university. So those type of conversations continue to happen on campus. And what we've seen is because of the traditional uh, approach at universities, they have a very siloed infrastructure. This dates back 10, 15, 20 years where people were doing or departments were doing their own thing. There was no communication. There was no talk with other departments. They were going to all their own conferences, you know, putting hardware on the wall, buying software products. And now there's a big focus on integrating and streamlining all these processes. So having the ability to bring all the different stakeholders together on campus to have those conversations is what is our security protocols? What are we doing for uh, access control? What are we doing for uh, video and surveillance? What are we doing for uh, credential security? You know, what are we doing for, um, you know, software products, uh, cloud products? How does this all fit into the infrastructure of our campus? Because at the end of the day, the way I like to view it is, and I think it gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, is the credential is the lifeblood of a campus, in my opinion. Whether that is a card or a mobile credential, which we'll, we'll touch on here in a little bit, is the students don't care what is happening behind the scenes. They just want their credential to work. Yeah. And now we're seeing all the different types of departments on campus have to come together to enhance the student experience. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's more challenging than, than people think. Well, sure. speaking of enhancing the, the student's experience, I know college students are, like, are obsessed with their cell phones. Probably the whole world is now obsessed with their cell phones. So um, what is higher ed doing with Apple Wallet and mobile access credentials? Yeah, so this is the uh, this is the question that comes up every day when I when I talk to universities. So you know, it's really the the question is if I can use my mobile phone everywhere else in my life, why can't I use my mobile phone um, on campus to open doors, uh, you know, open a dorm room, pay for a meal, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you know, mobile is here. It's it's been here for a while. This, the students are demanding it and expecting it as, as part of their everyday life. Um, but the good news is, you know, HID is in a position to help support, you know, some of these or these campuses in their mobile um, mobile plans. Um, typically, when you talk about mobile, there's there's a couple different ways to look at it. You can do mobile access via Bluetooth, um, high energy. You can use it over NFC. And then you can also talk about the uh, student ID and Apple Wallet program, which is, you know, uh, is gaining some big buzz in the higher education industry. And it really comes down to prepping and preparing the infrastructure to support mobile. 
Uh, when you look at universities, you know, some of these, some of the hardware that has been on campuses dates back 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And, you know, when you, when you focus on that hardware, that legacy hardware is not going to support mobile. So the, the, a lot of it is educating uh, the campuses about what we need to do now to actually help prep the stage for mobile. Um, and what we have to do to potentially uh, upgrade the existing infrastructure that could potentially support mobile. So it, there's a lot of conversations happening. Uh, stakeholders on campus are coming together. That's one of the big things that, that I like to do when talking with the universities, bring a lot of the stakeholders together. How is it gonna affect this department versus that department? Do you have leadership um, support on campus? We've seen that as a typically uh, really helpful if a university has leadership support and by leadership or support, I'm talking about presidents, vice chancellors, chancellors of universities, someone that potentially, you know, can support this from the, from the top down. Um, for campuses that have been successful on large mobile deployments, we've seen a lot of uh, strong leadership support as well. So Mike, getting back to you, um, when we talk about mobile credentials and Apple Wallet, it seems like that's so far away when it comes to K through 12 campuses. So how will, what Tim just talked about, how will this affect K through 12 campuses and K through 12 districts? Uh, well, that, that's the future. Um, it's just like anything else, you know, you graduate, right? So you graduate from high school and you go to college. It's the same thing with this, pro this type of program with identities, uh, with, with keeping the school an open campus environment as a college and a university is open. It's meant to be open, you know, from the parking lot all the way up, all the way to the classroom, it's open. And K-12 is the exact opposite, right? It's, some schools have closed campuses. They have them for a reason. You know, they've done their assessments and they say that it's, a, it's safer for everybody. So with that in mind, transitioning over to this mobile environment, where you have your cell phone paying for everything. Well, some schools have lockers where the kids go in and put their cell phone because they're not allowed to have it in class. Completely the opposite. So the, you take off the training wheels and you go into this. I think the school isn't preparing the students for this, society is, right? So we're going to, the kids will start using it to go to the movies. The kids will start using it to pay for, you know, Starbucks. They will start using it in society. So a, a combination between the school taking care of you and making sure that they get you through the day and home safely is the reward to say, hey, I can now, I'm safe. Now I can use my phone out in the society. So when you go to college, you'll, you'll, you'll be more apt to say, okay, now all of this is coming together. I'm an adult. I can pay bills with my phone. I can get into the, into the campus, with, into the school with my phone, into the library. I can check out library books with my phone. It's now part of everything that is my infrastructure. So that's what Tim and his higher ed group and the Apple team and everybody that we've partnered with as HID are working towards is that is a, there's a complete, there's no more line of demarcation. It's now just a complete societal, you know, uh, program and process. K-12, there has to be parameters there. You have to put fences up. You have to put uh, partitions up. 
because that's just the way it is. Now, I, can, I call it a Lego set, right? It's all part of this Lego set. So when schools do invest in this infrastructure, they must invest in pieces and parts that clip onto the Lego set and are unified and can already talk to everything and everybody. Uh, that includes the elevators, that includes you know, your, your radios, that includes you know, the, the laptop in the, in the um, cruiser for law enforcement. They should be able to all interact. So now schools are gonna change. The future is gonna look like a Lego set. They're gonna start purchasing and you're gonna see RFPs and the RFPs are gonna say, your cameras must unify with these systems that we have already purchased because that's where it's going. I mean, if, if, if you're buying uh, solutions in stovepipes today, it's not gonna work. One of the reasons why the Apple Wallet um, use case is very successful at university campuses kind of points back to what Mike said is once, you know, and just the way Apple has tend to gone, gone to market uh, in the years, you know, people are familiar with Apple Pay, you know, using in grocery stores, gas stations, et cetera. One of the cool things with using with mobile and what really enhances the student experience on a campus is once a mobile credential is provisioned in the Apple Wallet, for example, they have entitlements to every single system on campus. So they don't have to worry about does my mobile phone work here? Does my card work here? Once they get that mobile credential, they could walk over to a dining hall and pay for a meal. They could go to the library, check out a book. They could go to their residence hall to get into a building. They have instant access. And this comes back to the integrations and, the, and how it's streamlined to really just enhance everything. There's no more cookie cutter type approach with this. And that's why these mobile deployments will continue to pick up spe speed and be very successful um, because that's what everybody's wants and that's what everybody's demanding. And, and at the end of the day, the students have the biggest voice on campus and they're gonna continue to press their, their leadership, their departments, um, all these different groups on campus to, to have a success, successful mobile deployment.